0: Okay, whenever you want. All right, rolling? Yep. Hey, everyone. This is Brent French. Welcome to the Robcast episode 266. Yes! I'm here with brother Rob Bell. Uh, Rob, do you want to tell us anything that's going on with you? Largo show,
1: two-day events. Um, I'm sure there's all kinds of other stuff. Oh, Liz Gilbert and I are doing an event in the desert Mm. in May. And all that info is at my site. That's always a good time. There's a couple things going on, but you're here. That's what's going on. I'm here.
0: And Brent French, I met you when you were how old? I was 13 years old when we met in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. And you are from a town called? Howard City, Michigan.
1: And now we live near each other in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I asked you, would you like to come take over the Robcast? And you jumped at it.
0: Yeah. My mind immediately started going to so many places, and I'm glad it was postponed for a week because that was a whole other week's worth of just... It's like you don't know what's bubbling down there until you get an opportunity, and then it's like you shine a light down there and all this stuff starts coming up. Because we talk all the time. Yeah. We talk about all kinds of things all the time. But all of a sudden,
1: you said, when I was like, hey, do you want to have the Robcast? Do you, know, do you have any idea what you want to do? You were like, I know exactly
0: what I want to do. Yeah.
1: So, so I'm so fascinated to see where you want to go.
0: I want to I wanna preface this by saying... There's this overwhelming feeling that I don't belong here. What? And I think I think that's important because what I realized is when I was still in Michigan, even like 5 years ago. Now I know you and I'd be listening to the robcast and I would have this overwhelming feeling of like why aren't I good enough for the robcast. So for real, I would I would listen and I'd be like so many fascinating people would come on here, all these guests all these crazy, intelligent, wise people who have like endeared such, such suffering and um, authors, juggernaut people. But I'd be like, I'm interesting enough to be on there. <laughs> but what I realized was that that is such a strange place to live from. And I didn't realize I was living from that place. Oh. I was measuring my self-worth by being someone who could be here, you know? so what I've realized the past few years for me it's been oh I didn't even realize I stopped living from that place until you called me like two weeks ago and asked me to be here so that's when I realized oh my god I just relaxed and I stopped living from I stopped measuring my self-worth by being someone who would be on this podcast or that podcast and then Somewhere along the way, I stopped living from that place. I started relaxing, and then ironically, there's this paradox I've been seeing where it's like, oh, I just relaxed, and now I'm here. I am... And it didn't take anything. I am so
1: moved that that's how you opened.
0: Oh. I I
1: love that you said that, because that's the great lie. The great lie is if I accomplish this or if I achieve this, then somehow I would feel different. Right. And it's just not true. Right. It's just it's just it's the great lie at the heart of if I was just somewhere else. Right. Then and obviously the wisdom and maturity is you're already there. Right. But isn't it strange? That is like the path. The path is learning that you're already there. It's like you walk a path to discover that you've been there the whole time. Right.
0: That that Mm. is the beautiful like paradox i've seen about being here today so i was 13 when you and i first met now those of you listening i also i think the most important thing we can address here is how we can address how punk rock you are (laughs) oh yeah i think oh keep going i think there's there's an inherent like cheesiness to spirituality, especially in like modern spirituality where I've seen, especially like just across the board. Um, But see, I have this unique perspective of watching you and your life since I was 13 years old when we met at Mars Hill. Now, Joey and I, my my musical brother and soulmate. Shout out, Joey. Joey. He, when I was 13 years old, He came to me and said, there's this new church in Grand Rapids called Mars Hill. He found out about this church by a waitress at Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) we're like, okay, we got to go to this church. Now we meet you. No, we don't meet you first. We just go to Mars Hill and we are consumed by this. It is just ground zero of this movement and it's punk rock. It is so disturbing. It's punk rock. And... You were like a musician, and Joey and I had this band, and we were like, Rob is this juggernaut human being. And the one day after the service, I was like, Joey, I'm, we had our first demo. We had our Christian pop punk, pop punk band called Clearly Blind. Clearly Blind. And I was like, after the service, Joey, I'm going to go give this demo to Rob. And Joey was like, don't do this. <laughs> Joey he was like, just don't, because you were our hero for sure. And I'm like, I'm just going to give him our demo. Joey went out into the car. Now, after the Mars Hill sermons, you would always have this circle of people around you because everyone needed your time. And that's something I also need to get to. There was this low level oh, not even low level. There's this anxiety in that type of atmosphere, which is Rob has the answers. And if I'm lucky, he'll be speaking Sunday. If I'm even luckier, I'll get to talk to him after the service. So that, that was like top tier one privilege of Mars Hill is like getting access to you after your sermon. This is such
1: a fascinating perspective. Isn't this so
0: funny? So I'm 13 with dreadlocks because I want everyone to get that full picture. And, uh, and a great drummer, I <laughs> might add. Yeah. A great drummer. And I, I walked, I don't know who you were talking to, but I walked up to you and you stood up and you're like 6'3", six, 6'4". You stood up and immediately I was speechless because you just like loomed over me, but you had the most warming, loving presence and you didn't know me. Uh, And I think you even commented that my hair looks cool, which is just insane. (laughs) And I gave you this album and for some reason you liked it and you started inviting Joey and I over to your house and like playing these house shows. Yeah. You played my birthday party one time. Yeah, yeah. I remember that people came from blocks away to complain yeah. about how loud it was. It was wonderful. But this is the thing. I'm sitting here today and I'm like, I, there's this mechanism in my mind where I'm like, I have never deserved to be in your presence. Oh, please. Ever. Oh, please. Oh, please, I know. Please, please, I know please, that's, please. that's the reaction please. I think you should have, right? Okay, that's okay, that's okay. the correct okay. reaction. But I'm saying, I think I can give voice to a lot of listeners who are feeling the same way, honestly. Like, there are people doing your work. And then there are the people you talk to. And then there's everyone else down here just scrounging anxiously for the answers. And what I realized was it's like you invited me to come on here just because of who I am. Like I haven't, I'm not saying I haven't accomplished anything, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have a book coming out. I don't have anything that's oh, like, right, Oh, right, I can right. come here and plug this thing. Right. I'm just someone who knows and loves you and your Enjoying family. Part of the family. Yeah. So it's such an honor and privilege to be here. But I think it's important to note this overwhelming feeling of like, what am I doing here? Because I don't belong here. Mm. And I think if I could alleviate any anxiety that anyone listening to also has this feeling of like, yeah, for those people, for sure. Mm. Because it's separate. It's for them. It's not for me. Like I have so many families still in Michigan who are still just like, they have access to the books and stuff. But like the, the punk rock nature of Rob Bell, this is the beautiful thing because I've gotten to do some design work for you. And I've always been pushing for more of a, you have always been punk rock. You were a musician before you were a pastor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Music yeah. has always been in your blood and you have always, you've always had this punk rock mentality and you have always been dangerous. Wow. Oh, you have always been dangerous.
1: Well, can I say something about that?
0: Yeah. I,
1: um, I, I, you're helping me see. I think in some ways, I started at a young age. I wanted to blast apart the idea that there are these people over here and then the rest of everybody. Cause I always felt like everybody. Yeah. And I always found people fundamentally interesting. Um, not because they've had some great accomplishment or because, I mean, there are people who have done extraordinary things and we all go, okay, that's interesting. But, but I, uh, um, I think in some ways I set out to try and blow apart the idea that right. there are these people over here and then there's all the other people who right. um, that we're all walking together. And everybody has a piece that everybody else needs yeah so there was some i mean punk at its core was always uh, it wasn't an anarchy it was democratic it mm. was we're all in this together um, it was an order actually that comes from everybody having a voice, and everybody has something the rest of the group needs and if everybody gives their gift, yeah. we'll be better off yeah um, so i can i, I it's funny, you're taking me back to those lines after those sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, especially in those years, I, di- I didn't know the importance yet of saying to each person, oh, you ha- you, you've come to me because you have a question. Um, I'm, uh, if I even could have just held up a mirror and been like, all I'm here to do is show you that you already have the answer. Totally. <laughs> if I could help you see that you don't need me, that would be great. I didn't understand some of
0: those dynamics yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm saying by being here. Yes, yeah, and yeah. You just saying like, no, you're here because you're you, right? You're not looking right. at what I've accomplished or have done, and that's why I know there are so many people listening who do not. They just feel like you and everyone you speak to are just separate. Oh, and it's just are so separate beings, <laughs> and they just don't have access to that. Oh my goodness! And, and I'm, I'm sitting the here. Opposite. I know I'm. Sitting and I was here.
1: so excited, you coming. I didn't know what you'd want to talk about. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, Brent's Uh going to take over and he's going to have a lot. And right away, I was like,
0: oh, this is, I love this. Well, I want to stick on the punk rock route here because um, there is this thing, and I'm talking about the fact that you like fundamentally, you shook apart like the West Michigan Christianity and being like Mm. a 13-year-old kid, the first time, now when I talk about this anxiety, it was a... Like, hellfire is always right around the corner. I could die any second and literally burn in hell forever.
1: Oh, so you grew up in an environment that created, like, a low-level... Not even a low-level, a okay. high-level dread... Yes. ...about your behavior, your morality, your everything. actions, your thoughts, everything.
0: Yeah. The whole thing is hanging in the balance. Even Which being- is psychologically devastating, obviously, right. among other things. Right. So, Mars going to Mars Hill was already dangerous because it was different, right? Yeah. Now, there was... Plus it's like Joey and I coming from Howard city, which is like, it's a one streetlight town in Michigan. So Grand Rapids was the closest bigger city. So you were the first person I ever talked to And I started getting this sense of like, okay, you're free and you're punk rock and you're fun and you're light and you're dangerous. And I would, if you would invite Joey and I over to things, I would spend so much time thinking like, okay, I'm gonna be in Rob's presence. (laughs) <laughs> um, what, what existential dread do I want him to address with the limited time I have with him? <laughs> that, that was really 100% all like through my teens and twenties. And I remember saying to you one time, I'd be like, Rob, and it would always, it would always be this anxiety. Cause I didn't know how much time. And plus I'm like, I'm bothering you because you're the pastor of Mars Hill and you're for some reason, allowing me to be around you. And I would, I would try to rush all these questions to you. And I remember the first time ever you said to me, you stopped me and you were like, Brent, I don't, I don't believe in this God you're talking about right now. And it's like the air left the room. It was like the most dangerous thing I heard in that time. Ah. Because you, the authority you had mm. as a pastor, not even a pastor, because that's still limiting what you were then. What you were doing then was so dangerous. When you said that to me, I, I was scared because I was like, you can't say that. There are <laughs> rules here. Some, I think you can't say, I don't believe in the God you're talking about. That, that has stuck with me all this time as being one of the most like provocative things I could have ever heard in that time, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I I have distinct memories of you um, going to those shows. Then there was the Vigilantes, mm-hmm. then the band Clearly Blind, the Vigilantes, yeah. Um, then the Bang Ups. Mm-hmm. There were there there were a number of incarnations, but I remember you being unusually curious. From like in high school, you were asking big questions. Yeah. Philosophical questions, existential questions. What's it all mean? What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Which I was always drawn to you and Joey. Like, that's just what's always been interesting to me. Yeah. Your curiosity really stood out to me. Well, and you're is- still that beautiful, luminous, curious person. Mm, thank you. More than ever. Yeah, it just keeps going. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. And it gets more and more interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting you mentioned the crisis for me was I was young and I had these ideas of how I thought it, we should try it to talk about spirit and God and yeah. the Jesus movement and all that. But then we started this church and it got big and suddenly I was like the guy when I had always been in subverting the man, it was it was very difficult for me. Even what you're saying about like there's a line of people who wanted to talk that for me was very different difficult to reconcile with my convictions where that we're all equal, we're all in this together, we're all mm-hmm. learning from each other, um, and it was like I wanted to help liberate people from the systems and assumptions and structures that, that hold them back. Yeah. And then I had started this thing and suddenly I was seen as somebody running a thing. So it may have been like a more innovative, progressive, whatever language people want to use, a cooler version. It still was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wait, <laughs> I, I, I um, if you picture like a circle, there's the center, which is like, the center of power, the center of organization, the administrative center of something. And then there is the person way out on the edge who's not caught up in all that machinery. Right. And they see a bunch of things that you can't see if you're way in the center. And I was always comfortable way out on the edge right? because you could, it was, there was a lot more oxygen and you could, um, and I'd started this thing because I thought there were some new ways we should try doing it. And suddenly I was now the center <laughs> And this whole thing built up around me. Right. So you met me, at, we met at this really interesting time where I was like, wait, all of a sudden there are budgets and employees and meetings and yeah. procedures. And I'm like, no, no, I, I didn't start this to be a new thing like that. It was supposed to be this
0: underground movement in a warehouse. Punk rock. Oh man. I feel like I, seeing what you've been getting into the past year or so has been so exciting to watch because I feel like you are reclaiming yes. You're reclaiming some of that punk, fun, like rebellious <laughs> nature. <laughs> this like goes in I, cycles or something, maybe well that's what I mean about the the inherent cheesiness of spirituality because a lot of the- <laughs> By the way, lots of people right now are just
1: like smiling. Oh okay. And they love you because you just said the inherent cheesiness of reality, Yeah. That's there, like that sticks in my head. there's there there.
0: quite a phrase. A book, podcast, it doesn't matter, even when I'm having like a a spiritual or moving any any moment that moves me we te- we can use language that gets really cheesy quick. And we we've, we've talked fairly recently about this idea where I'm like I'm still like such a child. You know, I'm 32. I'm I'm such a child. Still, when it comes to any, because I used to like piss and moan so much about like, where's God? Why isn't God showing up? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got my heart broken, or uh, I lost my job. Where's God now? And this idea, I think you and I were talking about a few weeks ago, where I'm like, what even gives me the idea that I would be capable of even getting close to what God would actually be? Like I'm just a child with a full diaper screaming out here. (laughs) And it's like, you, you, you don't even know what you're asking for. You don't even know what you don't have. You know what I mean? Like these these concepts of God that are inherently awesome and terrifying, but we're stuck using such cheesy language all the time. And I'm like this, for me, spirituality has always been since kind of liberated from the small Western Christianity, which we were brought up in. It's been terrifying. Like real spirituality to me oh, is terrifying. It's always had an element of being really scared and alienated. Like the more you venture out into these unknowns, the more people are going to cling to you and not want you to go. Stephen Pressfield's War of Art, mm-hmm. uh, your friends and enemies, or your friends and family will be your closest allies and enemies as you grow and venture out into these things. This is terrifying, scary punk rock shit. <laughs> well, it's
1: funny because that um, Oh, that's so well said. Um, that became normal. What this somewhere for me in my twenties? Oh, well, I guess this is how it works. Oh, okay. Which wasn't getting rid of the fear because mm. you can't because that's just part of it. Totally, or the unknown, or the lump in the throat or the hair staying up on the back of your neck or that sense of being overwhelmed. Yeah. If, if if we want to be people who are grounded in the ultimate depths of life, then, yeah, you'll... Yeah, that'll take... Yeah, lots of things will seem trivial Yeah. compared to that. Can you... Um, s- but I don't know about... Che- che- the interesting thing about cheesy is... You don't have you don't have to call it. You could rename it. Yeah. Um good. some things are some things do feel trivial and commercialized and like shallow and like no, no, no. This is this is too sacred mm. to hold it or talk about it. There you go. Like that. Yep. Um but humans do that with everything. Right. As there's nothing about spirituality um it's it's for a lot of the human experience, the the sanctity and the holiness of it can easily be lost. Yeah. Sometimes just from sheer, God, I don't even know how to handle this. Whoa. <laughs> this is, uh, my own existence is yeah. overwhelming to me.
0: Can you... Uh, which is why you got to play. That's, I was thinking more, this is, that reminded me of how you talk to me about people who swap fundamentals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it feels inherently safe to be like, well... I'm an atheist because blank. But then it's like, well, you haven't even begin you haven't even began to scratch the surface on the thing that you're kind of putting in a box under the bed. And then the, the people in my life who are doing that work, oftentimes it is approached with that level of cheesiness which kind of validates the atheist viewpoint of like, "Ugh, I'm glad I'm not getting into that stuff." <laughs> but for me and the people I know, the the work always comes with that element of like, this is scary. Like, this is scary stuff. I'm not, I'm going beyond myself in these areas where I'm not sure all of my concepts and thoughts about the world and who I am in my life and where I should or shouldn't be at this point are all getting tossed up. Ah, And that is such a jarring. Yes. You start questioning, well, why do you want this job? Why do you want this partner? Why do you like doing these things for fun? Why do you avoid these conversations? That is all... Terrifying territory. I like I don't understand why we ever got into this like, like carefree love and peace cheesiness of spirituality. Oh, I like what you're
1: saying there. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is serious work. There's an serious. element of it where if you decide to, to set your compass in this direction, yes. then this process of orientation, disorientation, reorientation yes. is a pattern that will will be happening again and again and again. Because you'll you'll endlessly. Spiritual growth is about endlessly discovering assumptions you're living according to that you don't need to uh, live according to. Yeah. And those assumptions bring with them safety and security and reference points and it's a paycheck. And then you're like, wait, we don't have to... Someone just made that up and we went with it. Right. We could create something... We, don't even, oh. we could create something new. And I
0: love what you said. And then it's wide open. And then you... That's... It's also called... Yeah, it's like growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said that one thing that was really rad one time about why when you reach a certain level of success, you start making a paycheck, people start depending on you to make said paycheck. And you're like, there will, there will always be someone coming up behind you who's hungry, that they will dethrone you because they, they are not locked into that mechanism of, oh, well, "Well, this is how we create it. This is how we make the money. This is how we keep the lights on there's always someone who doesn't give a shit about any of that, <laughs> who's right behind you making the stuff that's on fire. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, I call it the, it's the garage factor.
1: There was somebody figured out how to make a laptop in a garage. And then eventually they started making laptops and then it ended up in a huge office building. Um, but then it's somebody is in a garage somewhere tinkering around with the next thing. Yeah. So the real art of it... No, no no matter how you think your work goes is to keep is to keep that garage part of you alive which is the i'm gonna try this let's yeah.
0: experiment with that um let's give that a shot how do you keep that alive if you start making some because as soon as you start making a paycheck it's like well maybe that doesn't have to be alive <laughs> as much as it was <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, you've watched
1: Kristen and I and our family over the years. We just keep following it. We yeah, just, but that, in some ways, we just organized our whole life. Yeah. Around. What's the, what's the new creation that's asking to be, given birth, hmm. um, and then all right, then let's follow it. Yeah. Let's follow it, and. Um, you get used to the unknownness of it.
0: Hmm.
1: Let's call the scariness the unknownness. Okay, yeah. There's an element of fear. It's a little, sure, there's it's scary. There's also exhilaration. There's also joy and anticipation. Yeah. So that's part of calling it scary is true, but there's a whole bunch of other things that are sitting side by side. Totally. And you can see how if you name it by picking out just one of them, if you just say, oh, it was just, it was so exciting, uh, it was also terrifying. Right. So it's almost. Like, what you have to do is just build this space where you just allow all of it to sit side by side by side. Um, it was everything mm. um, because that's what life is. <laughs> yeah. And at least for Kristen and I, I mean, you've seen you, that just, you get better at handling all that um, because that's just where the life is. Yeah. And, and you have less need to judge it. Uh, All
0: all you know is this is where the life is. Well, I want to talk about relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because before we started, I started talking to you about this paradox of, well, I kind of touched base on it. Just we only have a limited amount of time here. And then that time seems way more daunting if you believe you're going to hell for all eternity. (laughs) My word. (laughs) So that that would be the driving force of I'm gonna be in Rob's presence. I need to have him. Address. Just freaks me out when you say that. Oh, for sure. It was <laughs> oh, you're saying it to freak me out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're telling us about be- an earlier Brent. Yes. How an earlier Brent saw this. I'm. I'm putting light on this mechanism in my. Or I'm still. I'm sure it's still there in other ways, but. I want to speak to it because I wonder if a lot of people listening can relate to it. I've had it with lots of people. Okay.
1: I've had it, people, I've had it with people that I admired. Have um, You ever heard of the writer Anne Lamott? No. Just lovely writer from San Francisco. Written, lovely. What am I saying? Lovely. Amazing. Mm. Brilliant. Revolutionary. Um, but I, I just, her writings just were so profound. And in 2000, oh, I have no idea what year. I was speaking at the same event as her. And I got to meet her. I knew she was in the backstage area because we were both yeah. in the backstage area. And I was so like, oh my word, I'm going to meet Anne Lamont. And um, I, it's funny that I was like cringing with I'm in Rob's presence, but I was like, I'm going to be in Anne's presence. And she was <laughs> in a, like a comfortable chair. yeah. And I literally think to meet her, like look her in the eyes, I had to get down on like my, <laughs> like bend down almost like on my <laughs> knees to meet her. yeah. And I tried to say hello. And I just started like like tearing up and I couldn't get the words out. See, it's so refreshing that you know what that's like. Oh. <laughs> it and I I just made a mess of it and eventually oh. just walked away. Like, oh Zanne, I just So if I ever meet her, yeah. and she's like, It's nice to meet. Maybe someday I'll get to meet her. And then I'll say, Oh, actually, we've met before.
0: I was a crying guy. I was just
1: a <laughs> That was the dude. So it's funny, this whole episode, I've been cringing at that in Rob's presence, but then there have been a number of times when I got to meet somebody who I had watched what they do from afar and I was like...
0: (laughs) Yes. Here's the thing. (laughs) When you asked me to be here, I was like giving so much thought on what I'd like to go over and this, thankfully, this is going to be the first like Joe Rogan style, like three and a half hour long (laughs) Robcast. (laughs) It's the only way we can get to any of this stuff. Okay, keep going. Uh, but that mechanism, that anxiety, ah, it's right. not, it's not, there's admiration in there, mm-hmm. but mostly it's this dread and low level panic at all times, which for me was like, I was really struggling with ideas of death around that time you were doing. I distinctly remember one time in particular, you were doing the, how to be, how to be here now tour in Chicago and Joey and I yes, went and saw you.
1: And you guys came. Yeah.
0: That I was still struggling so much then with this idea of like, okay, I'm going to, Hopefully I get to talk to Rob for maybe like 15 minutes. So I'll get my most existential dread like questions up in front as if you want to be, you want to use your downtime in between sets to answer my questions on death. <laughs> Cause I know that's what you love doing, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember this time in particular, when I started really seeing something you were doing, you were laying on your back in this couch in this green room. And I was here and I had all these like scientific questions because I was like mired in like Western materialistic science at this point, at that time, reductionism. Absolutely. and uh, It's all just cells, synapses, atoms. That's all it is. And I I was like so stuck there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in in orange. And uh, I was doing that thing where I, I had my questions lined up and you were laying back with your arms crossed, completely relaxed, and you were looking at me and as I was trying to like word vomit out this anxious craziness at you, you were just smiling at me the entire time.
1: I was? Yeah. Oh. And this was a, this was like a time
0: you were smiling at me in the way you do where you realize none of this is important. And if you just quiet down for a second, you might glimpse what is actually happening here.
1: Uh, I didn't. Yes. I glimpsed
0: it then. I didn't fully understand what you were doing, but you did judo me because I relaxed and I don't even remember if I finished a question because I remember feeling stupid, but not because you made me feel stupid. That was just myself realizing like, wait a minute, this this doesn't matter. Oh, what I'm asking you doesn't matter. Because if it did, you might respond differently. You might be like, oh my God, you found the the sneaky question that everyone's asked. You found it, now I'm going to answer it because there was always this element for you uh the way I viewed you which was you are set apart, right? There's all of us, there's all your listeners, there's all of us working our normal Monday to Friday uh jobs. Some of us make it to the point where we escape the religion we were brought up in if it doesn't work for us, if it does, that's great. But regardless, there's always like, there's the Rob Bells and then there's everyone else. And when you're in the presence of a Rob Bell, what do you do? You gotta <laughs> like get all your questions and all of your oh, stuff please. lined up. And I know that's cringy and I know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm shining a light on it because yeah. that thing, it was like a virus in me uh, that was just constantly never be present, always have your shoulders tense, always breathe, breathe from your chest, never enjoy a single moment of your life because you're going to hell. Wow. Unless you crack the code here and Rob, I, I could just like change, I could change whatever it was that would make me white knuckle. Oh my God, this is the thing that's going to save me. If it's not the church, it's Rob. You know what I mean? So that that complex, that virus I had, I think a lot of people have it and i think you have done such a beautiful job at liberating that that dread and existential angst yeah. and alienation yeah and it's yeah. not it's not because you're proving it right it's because you're like judoing it it's like you're going beneath it and like you're hitting us in the in the chest like you're you're getting through that weird armor and striking it and then it's only for me personally, because I can I can only speak on my behalf. But it's like, it's only when I suffered enough that I finally got quiet enough to realize, oh, none of that matters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you, your response, like I look back at so many times in my life, just being around you, and it's not because your books or your lectures. I mean, it's all of those. It is and it isn't all of that, um, but it's mostly. Your, your kindness and generosity and your warmth would always be, I'm talking like, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving some space for this moment because I'm like, this pain, like people kill themselves um, over no. this pain. That's true. You know, this isn't just light. Oh, I was really struggling and you helped me through. I'm saying the way yeah. I viewed life was not yeah. livable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it wasn't because like I read one of your books, you are know, like, oh my God, you gave me the golden key that helped me escape from this, this awful way of viewing life, this unlivable life I was in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this weird, it's like you, you open a back door and let some air in. And oftentimes that's all you would do. And then after having that experience a few times, I start like, oh, maybe I should just stop asking questions and just be quiet for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because this this system, these systems that we come up through, that we're surrounded by, economic, political, social, psychological, religious, they hand us so much trauma. It's really important to name it that. Mm. So I just meet so many people who are beating themselves up over their reaction or things they did, or ways they numbed the pain. And I just, know it's, it's completely normal that you responded like that. That was a horrible totally, thing totally. that was done to you. Or no one ever taught you anything else. Or the educational system beat the curiosity out of you. <laughs> or the religious system gave you a view of a deeply unsafe universe. Yeah. And of course that imprinted on your very cells totally. and psyche. So yeah, I think that's one of my that's one of the often central to why I get up in the mornings. I want to be here and have this experience and if I could help people rename this yeah. experience. And many people have what I would call a, a hermeneutic of suspicion. And and a hermeneutic is like how you read things. Ooh. So it's like a technical term for How do you go about making sense of it or making meaning out of it? So a hermeneutic of suspicion for many people, the fundamental way to see life is if good comes along, it's too good to be true. There's obviously another shoe that's going to drop. Somebody somewhere is scamming me. Um, This obviously isn't going to last. And that way of reading life, um, suspicion is, is the posture and you feel oh. it like in your bones. Totally. And there's a, there's a, it's too good to be true or there's, it's good enough to be true. So this, this interaction that we're having right now, mm-hmm. this is just an aberration, just a chance thing or the love and goodness and truth flowing and history flowing between us is actually uh, um, showing us what things are really like. Yeah. Do you, see, do you see what I mean? Yeah. And the the most unnerving thing, going back to the like, whoa, scary, is a human being can can decide. You can decide which story you want to live in. Like you have that power. No matter what's been done to you, what's been taken from you, how you've been violated, betrayed... How much education you don't have, how smart you how worthy you don't feel, yeah, you still could just simply decide the goodness that I encounter is telling me the truth yeah, I love that. see how that even it even like sits differently in your body, yeah, totally. Um, and I think about you in Chicago in that green room, and I'm just laying on the couch, yeah. and you're it's like you you already knew. Most of the time, when people ask questions, everything within me already knows that they already know. They already know the answer to this. Yeah. So that's the gift we
0: give each other is to hold a mirror up. But that yeah. is that has been your yeah. greatest gift to me. Yeah. Is so. your calm, loving softness of just <laughs> like you don't even engage the question.
1: Well, the, the, in that particular, sometimes sometimes the question. It absolutely has to be engaged. Yeah, It's interesting when you were like giving a question that has that much anxiety in the question, Mm -hmm. we don't even need to get to an answer to it. You have enough answers in the question. If it's that Mm. anxiety producing to try and come up with the question, then we're probably so stuck in our heads. And life is about sinking into your heart. Mm. Um, your intellect serves something even greater, which is your heart, your soul, your being. Um, Yeah. And when we're we're too stuck in our heads, any good answer that we get isn't, it'll feel good for a moment. Right. And that's absolutely necessary from time to time, but it's not going to take you where you actually want to go. And so you were coming out of this environment that handed you this crippling, psychically devastating view of the universe, mm-hmm. God being the word we use for what kind of universe are we? What do you mean by God? I mean the question, what kind of universe are we living in? There we go. Um, Perfect. So you're coming out of that. Of course, you would need to take that all apart. And of course, like a very materialistic reductionist, mm-hmm. there is no mystery. It's all just cell synapses and big bangs. Right. Would be an absolutely necessary stage of growth out of that right um and then you realize yeah but there are some mysteries man i hear certain songs they light me up this person yeah. their embrace speaks to me at the you know okay so there there is some poetry built into this thing it, it it all just isn't formulas yeah and then and and now you're getting to a spirituality that's real nothing cheesy about that it's uh I like this word transrational. Yep. It almost includes my mind and then includes all that which which my mind bows to. Yeah. <laughs> I love what a
0: wonderful what a wonderful path you've been walking. Yeah. I love I mean it is so funny the fact that I'm here today. It is so <laughs> weird and funny. <laughs> Cuz it's just like Joey and I we're just these weirdos from Howard City, Michigan, like we should be um just driving delivery trucks right now, you know, which we did in Michigan. And we loved it. We loved driving trucks. But um I think
1: uh the the one band you had, the bang ups, mm-hmm. that video on YouTube for sunburnt love. Yeah. That's just a great tune. That's just a to me, that is like a classic. Yeah. That is just great.
0: Here's, here's um, so that's right there for everybody. You can pause, go to YouTube, come back. So that's, that's an interesting one because it has been fascinating to me during my, like when I turned 27, I hit that 27 Club, mm-hmm. and I was spun. I was like this, because of the 27 Club, all these famous musicians yeah. and actors who have died at 27, I was suddenly 27 realizing, oh, my God, this would be my last year on earth. I would be dead this year. And I was not equipped for that type of mortality (laughs) check-in. But around this time, creativity for me was the first to go. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even breathe. How am I supposed to write a song or literally anything? I could barely go to work. You know what I mean? How? So this is... It's interesting to me because around this time, music, my love for music, which again started at when I was nine playing and I've been playing music with Joey since then. Joey, his sister dated my older brother and he, they started a band and I played on ice cream buckets with drumsticks when Joey would come over and that just birthed this thing that still continues.
1: Oh, that's so great. But the
0: thing is throughout all this time, I've realized Joey is an artist I am something different. I wouldn't say I'm an artist. I feel like I'm more of a facilitator for artists. As time has gone on, I've realized Joey has this fire and spark. He's tapped into something that I am not. And that's okay. For the longest time, I'm like, am I a fraud? Does that mean I'm just like... I mean, it's funny. I'm a drummer. There's already kind of that joke. (laughs) The drummers just help the other musicians in the band. I think you're speaking for lots of people. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think... Owning the fact, like, no matter what happens in Joey's life, he will always write music, which blows my mind. Because to me, it's like, if I'm having a hard time finding work, or I don't know where I am in the universe, I can't be creative, uh, which gets us into everything we just talked about. But Joey has been like, regardless of what's happened to him in his life, music is always the priority. This is
1: this is um, very normal. You know that, is C- it? C- oh, absolutely. Okay. Certain people find something, and they like hone in on it. They bore in on it. Yeah. And this is their this is what they're here to do. And there's like a monastic, like focus mm. and discipline and force that they bring to it, and it's just unflinching. It's it's and it's right totally inspiring but others are like i'm going to i'm going to try this yeah and i'm going to go do this yeah and i'm going to duct tape this to this yeah and then i feel like that chapter's done and now i'm kind of open to see what the next thing is but here's the thing and I, I, that's that's just as beautiful to me i think so too and anybody who has guilt or shame about being one and looking at somebody who's the other boy they seem more free or wow i just wish i had my one thing um you're just who you are. Yeah. Even the fact that you're such a great designer, that's a whole other thing that you can do. An animator and flash animation and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important for everybody listening. Um, some people will do one thing and then they'll do... Like, you'll look at their life and they will have had like 20 different careers. Right. And that's just the <laughs>
0: fantastic. That's not something... That's like a score against you. Is it a cultural thing? Like it's embedded in me to where I'm like, oh, if you don't find the thing where you die for, because a part of me wants to Ah, uh, right. Hitch there are the. the, into the that yeah,
1: there are these cultural ideas of uh, you need to find what you're here to do um, and then do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. As a, but there's a nuance to that. How about right now, maybe look for something to do? Find what you're here to do. Yeah. And then you'll know because you'll be listening. And you'll be like, oh, this has been a great season. Now it's done. I've had yeah. so many different seasons of maybe I'm done writing books. Maybe I'm done doing large group public speaking. Maybe I'm done making films making a so even in my work which has had a certain joey like factor too like now we call it the joey factor <laughs> my work has had a certain joey factor but even within um, that yeah there have been which which it takes a minute to see but then you're like oh there have been a whole thing was over and then a whole thing oh, began yeah. or i really like writing plays who knew is that two plays and i'm done? Is right. that now, will there always be another play coming? Yeah. I don't know. I, d- I have no idea. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even, I, I, I don't even think about it much or care about it. I mean, in terms of like labeling it or yep. figuring out. And that's your. Perfect.
0: That's your invitation. You're Brent French. You literally just did it. You did the thing I've been talking <laughs> about you doing. <laughs> I'm like, Rob, you're, you're just relax. big. I think it's a big, heavy thing and you, you just no. laugh it off. No, you're like, Brent French. And then I just relaxed. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Your van, your,
1: is your van out in the street? Yep. And you have your motorcycle on the back of your van? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, he has this badass...
0: What, what kind of... It's a 1984 G30. A van. 1984 G30. Is that GMC? It's a Chevy G30 van. One ton. And it's, and it's got this shelf on the back that your motorcycle, which is... A- yeah, it's a hitch. And I have a 72 Honda CB500 cafe out. And it's just... I put everything I owned in this van... And, and the, the van, van motorcycle like a on bed the back. and a desk. Yeah, fully camper van. Me and my buddy Luke, who I got the van from. Shout out to Luke. But what kind of paint is... It's like a... It's like a... It's, it's like a truck bed liner. It's like the bed liner of a truck paint, yeah. but the whole thing is painted... Yeah. This like matte, like knobby black. Yeah. It looks like the Batman tumbler. <laughs> and... But very creepy. It's a very <laughs> scary looking van. <laughs> People are always like... Because I've been living out of this van since I came out here. And... People are like, oh my God, are you ever like scared? You're like in LA in, in a van. I'm like, if you've seen this van, no <laughs> <laughs> No, but no one in their right mind would approach this van ever. By the way, there's
1: all there's all that um I mean there's this wonderful uh wave of minimalism and books and uh oh, yeah. wisdom on this. But do you just look at that whole movement like rookies?
0: Well, here, you've no. taken it to like to like outer space. So like, here, you've taken minimalism. Yeah. So Suffering brought me to LA, a whole lot of heartache Mm -hmm. um, that I just kept creating for myself. Mm. I just kept perpetually creating heartache after heartache after heartache. And uh, when I got out here, it was this mix of like liberation and freedom. Anyone who has experienced a Michigan winter and then comes to LA, need I say more? There's nothing else that needs to be said about it. And there's this like pretty scary... um, You're so disoriented from when I first got out here, there was this low level terror that I was just like, I am way out of my head. I failed in Michigan. Now I just came out here to fail. But I just kept telling myself kind of like Rob Bell fashion. You can just go back if you want. Like you can literally just go back to Michigan. I remember you and I talking about this. Yeah. Like if it doesn't work, just hang out for a while. You can just always try. you can always go back. Yeah, hold the whole thing. That loose. type of lightness when I'm like, well, this is my life now. If it doesn't work, then I might as well be dead, or some nonsense. You're, like you're literally your house is on wheels. You can just yeah, turn it around, literally and go a different direction. Yeah. So the van, it became a thing. I I suffered through some heartache for my own uh, my own doing, and um, the van became like a well. I have nowhere else to go, so I'll just the van's always like a safety net, right? But then something happened for me where I got real quiet and I realized the van isn't just a means to an end. The van is this holy, sacred, quiet space. At least it became that. Once I stopped resisting, this is what I mean by relaxing. Once I just accepted, I'd be in the van at night and my thinking would go from like, oh, woe is me, I'm in a van. And this this is what I said to you. This is how crazy framing is. When I first came out here, I was Captain Adventure, right? Everything I own is in the van. My motorcycle is on the back. I can literally go anywhere. Then you get your heart broken and you're like, everything I own is in a van. I can go anywhere. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) The framing becomes victim. It, It went from... Adventure, victim. Just like that. Yeah. And then... I'd realized, oh, there's a whole lot of labeling, subconscious and conscious labeling I'm doing here. So then I got through that and the van became, oh, the van is all there is. But then the mind, my mind wanted to start, oh, so I'm van guy now. Let's just make an identity off of that. So I kept realizing, I just kept trying to get ground under my feet. Yes. Whether I'm an adventure boy or heartbro- heartbroken boy or just regular guy out here living. It, it doesn't matter, regardless of was. Regular guy out here living yeah, in a van. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my mind quiet enough over the span of like seven months where I re- the, the van wasn't a means to an end. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim of anything. I started yeah. applying that thing Eckhart always talks about where like enter every moment as if you chose it. Yeah. So every the, my van's transmission went out two weeks ago. And I had realized oh, it's not a big deal at all because I'm not a victim. I had realized I've been doing this work for so long when something, quote, major that I would view major happens. There's no victim in here kicking and screaming anymore. There was just a... What I realized was when the guy was like, yeah, it's a transmission problem, which anyone who knows cars, the transmission is like, yeah, this thing's dead. It's the big one. Yeah, and this is an 84. So he said transmission. I'm like, dude, I don't have $2,000 on me to just get this transmission replaced. But what I realized, and I was talking to some friends later, was, oh, I didn't even realize then there was no victim there. There was no victim present yeah. in me. It was this exciting, buzzing energy of, oh, how, how am I going to solve this? I've seen that in you. There's no victim. Right. 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 Now, that that thing, when I'm sitting there at the mechanic and he's like, yeah, it's a new transmission... If I, if I immediately go to victim, I'm like, oh, why is this happening to me? It's because you chose to live in a van. <laughs> That's why this is happening to you, idiot. <laughs> now, if my immediate reaction is like, oh, my train, where am I going to go? <laughs> the way Eckhart ninjas that, and is just like... Eckhart well, totally lays Yeah, down. picture, just choose, enter every present moment as if you chose it. That one right there is just a little dial turn where I'm like oh, well, I'm here because I literally chose this. Yes. Now, right there, you have everything you need to solve your quote. It's not even a problem, but if you want to label it a problem, you have everything you need to address it. Yes. There's no one else to blame.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And how you said it, how you you frame it shapes what it even is. Yeah. And you have this, like every human being has this, like we have this sort of, Power or choice, or however you think about it.
0: Yeah, we can we can simply name it something different. We can tell a different story about it. Right. And for some reason, we need people like you to remind us that we can do that. Right. Like how else well, we do all need you... reminders. Yeah. Everybody needs reminders all the time. So <laughs> I, I want to go back to the punk rock nature of Rob Bell. I think this is very important. It's and like a thesis you're working. Yeah, I honestly, I like it. Okay. I've, been, I've been working on this podcast for a couple of weeks now. And I think it's important for you to remember <laughs> your punk Whoa. rock roots. Nice. Now, um, I want to give someone, uh, the listeners, a little antidote. Around when I was like 2019 to 20, there was this movement at Mars Hill. Um, now, at this time, we knew each other, you and I personally. And there was this movement. You did a sermon that women should be allowed to teach in church because, of course, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this would have been I uh well, two thousand. How old? How old are you?
0: How old are you here in this time? In, st- in, in this in this day and age? In, in this story that I'm telling, how old were you then? Like thirty one. <laughs> Early thirties. Okay. okay. Thirty thirty one. That is just staggering for me to hear. because so I'm thirty two now. Okay. So. Okay, then I was thirty-two. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I was like the early 30s. 30, yeah, <laughs> yeah. by thirty-one, there was this movement. No, this this disruptive nature that you've always had. You have left this wake in your path, and things just aren't aren't the same after Rob Bell has passed through. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's just true, and I've I've been watching you work since I was thirteen years old, essentially, and it's just gotten more wild and more. Your integrity, I'm blown away by the, by the fact that you came out here from Michigan and it's like your, your integrity alone amongst other things has just deepened and widened. Like no, watching you personally and the way you navigate your life, you're you're just such an impressive person. And you always have been. And it's like how the universe keeps expanding as it goes out. That's what you're doing also. It's like, you're not... And the thing is, it's like, it's not, it seems like you're barely trying. It seems like you're just tapped into this thing. So there was this element where I was like, what is it about people like Rob that like my entire life, I've been following you and your work and just blown away by you. And amongst a lot of things, I realized there was this element. So like, I've told you about like the bringing the existential dread and the anxiety to you to just please at least put some ointment on it so I can survive Um, another week out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What I realized, and it wasn't until I really thought about doing this today that I realized I have, I think a lot of people have viewed you as someone who is just set apart from the normal everyday grime and suffering of human life. Like, it seems like you you were born special and you were given some kind of key and you shine so bright that it doesn't matter if it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan or Los Angeles, we are drawn to it. And I think what I've realized is watching you, getting to know you better, it's not that you are set apart from anything. It's that you consciously and constantly go into those parts you know you have to go to. It's like you are a living embodiment of the hero's journey. And I think what happens is people who watch you in our, like in your orbit, they see a deeper, more, just a more beautiful way of living. Like you inspire us to live how you're living. And it's not because you found some golden key that we also need. I think it's because you constantly see where you need to go and then you just go there and you don't ask for permission and you're not even flashy about it. You just do it and you do it with such grace and integrity. The rest of us are like, we want to do that too. (laughs) And you can, (laughs) yeah. But... During this time at Mars Hill, you gave a sermon and it's like, yeah, women should be allowed to teach in church. And then there there was this whole movement of people who wanted you out.
1: Oh, yeah. There was like a whole month (coughs) where I was just stating the obvious. Yeah. And that in in this church, obviously, women do everything that men do. Like, just sort of, let's just make sure that everybody's really clear on this. Yeah. And there was a group of people who had a problem with that. Yeah.
0: A big problem. Coming from a particular tradition that yeah
1: had like lists. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that so, was quite a time. The funny thing is I was dating a girl at this time whose dad was a part of that group. Now Oh, the protest group. Yes. Yeah. The got group it. that wanted you out for thinking women are equals. Yeah, yeah. A group nonsense. organized to have me removed yes. from the church I had just started. And you even said you were like, <clears throat> Great, uh, if you want to teach your side, take one of the rooms in Mars Hill. Like, it's available to you? Anyone can go? No, I didn't say that. But anyway. Oh, well, someone someone did. Yeah. Someone, (laughs) well, they got a room somehow. Yes. Yes. So I was dating a girl whose dad was a part of this group. And this is what I mean about your disruptive nature. I'm I'm dating this girl. Because that was, what, 20 years ago in West
1: Michigan. This was stuff. This was like news. Oh. This, this was uh, it was the big on the news. street. This was big time. This was like the most <laughs> oh disruptive thing ever. You're taking me so far back. This is fascinating.
0: So and I'm and I'm I'm bringing you back to the punk rock roots. Okay. There's there's a there's a goal here. And there's this anecdote where I'm dating this girl, sweet girl, and um her dad who her dad was like the right hand man of this group that was leading the anti rob front. Oh, got it. And like I'm a dating, lieutenant. Yes. What right he, hand man. Did he knew that you were uh yes. a
1: subversive? What, <laughs> yes. what do you even call what do we call these people? Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. So he knew I was pro-rob. He oh, knew got it. he knew you and I were like friends. Um so when I would go pick her up on a date or whatever, while she would be upstairs <laughs> getting ready, this man <laughs> would set me down at a table. This would happen like twice a week. He'd set me down at a table, open the Bible. Oh, this is like a <laughs> Bad movie. Oh, he would open the Bible and then he would like break down sermons you gave that week. Ooh. He would go to those passages in the Bible. Ooh. Now I'm like patiently waiting for his daughter to come down so I can just leave. You have other things you're here for. He's lecturing me about why you're a false prophet. And he has some energy about this. Oh, scary energy. Oh, really? Oh, frightening. Yeah. Scary energy. So that's what I realized then. Even then at like 19, I had this deeper sense of like, this is gross. You've said to me one time where it's like people trying to pitch their religious views on you and you're like, but I see the way you're living and that is not very appealing. Uh, I see this molten magma below the surface when you're looking at me and I am not you know, trying to buy that, whatever you're selling. Yeah. So that's what I mean about the Rob Bell disruptive nature. But I want to, I want to ask you this thing because looking back, it took so little, I say little, it took a lot. It was a lot of pain for me to feel like anything spiritual or creative was just burned out of me. Yes. Yes. Now I've watched you. I have this unique perspective of watching you since I was 13 years old. And straight up watching the community cast you out. You said at the, um, the heretic documentary night, um, when that, when we got to watch that for the first time in the theater, the heretic documentary, you said something that I remember so vividly because it put language so simply to what I've watched my whole life, basically. And you said like, so mournfully almost, you're like, just, the things people do sometimes when you're just trying to help them. And you said it with like such an ache in your voice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When you were like, you just try to help people. And (laughs) some of the things that these people create to say about you and to you. Yeah. Can you speak at all about what that is in you that, how did you get past you can speak on that if you want. From my perspective, like the Grand Rapids Western Christianity cast you out. Like mm. from my perspective, mm-hmm. I was very much a part of that community and it felt very much like, yeah, we love Rob and we're sad to see him and his family go, but whoa, he does not speak for us and that's dangerous, all that stuff. But I'm mostly wondering, how did you navigate that type of hurt? Because I personally can't imagine that level of ache.
1: Mm. What a yeah, that's a great there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um I think that part of it is heartbreaking because you're like, oh it could be so much better. <laughs> oh, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of it's just, um, I, uh, I had, I'm trying to think, I, um, there were always people around who were, like, so thrilled, like, I, oh, I mean, older people who are like, I've, I've oh, I knew it, mm-hmm. waiting their whole, like, I've been waiting my whole life for someone to give language to this. Oh. So that question, there's har being misunderstood is, um, oh, you just lay in bed at night, you can't sleep. You, uh, and you replay a conversation and you think of all the things you wish you would have said. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's just, uh, or just, just full on slander when, no, that's not what I'm doing here. Or, you completely misunderstood me. You're now like, that's all your stuff. It doesn't matter. You're still, but, but there were always people who were like, let's go, let's go. Is it, hmm. is it going to get even better? Like what else is there to learn? Where else can we explore? So I think sometimes when people have asked me that question, the picture is that like Kristen and I were saying at home, we didn't really hang out in like a religious world. Um, our kids, we really didn't have like a So my voice and what I was, the work we were doing, um, we weren't in a world where like we would be having those sorts of conversations. So we didn't find that interesting. Yeah. Um, So in some ways we were protected. And then in some ways we did have lots of people around us who were like genuine traveling companions. So that's why it didn't, like, how did you do it? I never, to this day, I never really, I'm not like online. So I only ever pick that up like second or third hand. Does that make sense? Like you tell me yeah, that story. Yeah, yeah. I'm not at some guy's house and he's at his table mm-hmm. holding his Bible. Cause I'd be like that guy, why would I try to take that guy somewhere he doesn't want to go? Yeah. So it would, it would come through the pain, mostly through the pain of others who are like, Hey, I'm friends with you. and My whole family is.
0: Wow.
1: You see what I'm saying? So it was mostly secondhand smoke. Wow. For Kristen and I over the years. Or people would say, Oh, this person over here has made this public statement. I, I don't I've never met that person. They're ahead of some organization that I have had an interaction with. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I is, don't mean to yeah. I don't mean to push the no totally the very real pain. I'm just trying to give a picture of what it was like for Kristen and I. And then there were always people who were like, Yes, nonviolence. Yes, care for the earth. Yes, the interior journey. Yes. Yeah. Not projecting our own shadow onto others. Yes. Science and faith dancing together. Yes. Yeah. Uh reading the Bible in its historical context and seeing infinite layers of truth and meaning that mm. render a number of the discussions about the Bible completely irrelevant because now yeah. you're actually in the story. Yeah. And you realize you're carrying it along. And does that make sense? Yeah. That's um great. but still still uh you can't you're yeah, it took a number of years to sort of make peace with. Um Yeah, but that experience you're talking about, that that one just my I just bore that in my body. I didn't have a lot of tools. Hmm. But the experience you're talking about, all those people trying to get me removed from the church we started, I just that one you're you're like you're almost like your skin's on fire for days yeah. on end. Cause you're I don't know how to I don't know what this is or how to get out of this. this I, don't, I think this is kind of abnormal. I don't think there's... A, as part of yours, like, this is not a big deal. And then people be like, hey, this is a big deal. Like, you're the receiving. Mm. You are receiving stuff, almost like you can pick it up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a very... Yeah, when I think back upon that, I sometimes wonder, how did you... How did you guys... How did you get through that? <laughs> I do. I honestly yeah. look back and I'm like, wow, you must have been like I I never um I never it never it was
0: never like a maybe we should stop. It was always yeah. just like, oh just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah, we're fine. That's what I mean though, is like you've never felt safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that <laughs> is part of it. Uh it's always
1: felt like the safest thing would be was would be to keep going i've always just felt like um just to like stop yeah and be like well I, we, I think we went far enough let's now just sort of no yeah no the safest thing to me always felt just keep going and Kristen, i mean always a step ahead there was never yeah. like a maybe we should reconsider no it was like just keep no go farther what else is out there? See, I've asked you once. And then even seen the kids. Right. And seen their like 2.0, 3.0 freedom. <sighs> and how I know, because you're friends with my kids. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. Right? Like they, whatever it is that whatever <laughs> kind of thing that Kristen <laughs> and I locked into, Yeah. it feels like they're starting just so far down the road, or however we want to say well, it. Well,
0: this is this is also what I'm wondering because Trace and I are homies now. And Trace is twenty one. He's twenty one. Twenty one. <laughs> oh, ladies God. and gentlemen, Trace <laughs> is in the room, 21. studying for finals. Yeah,
1: how in the world are you're studying right now? Studying two ways. I've that
0: is, <laughs> I've grown to love this dude so much. I know, isn't he just wonderful? <laughs> and uh, God, Trace, it's so fascinating to like talk with this dude about like where he is feeling stuck at a university. And, and we've had some very interesting conversations about like, I think I said last week, I was like, oh, oh my God, 21. Okay, I'm 32 now. I was like, if I were to be living in the boundaries that 21-year-old Brent made for me, I would rather die. <laughs> Straight up. Like marry who I want to marry at 21, work the job I wanted to work at 21, live where I wanted to live at 21. If I were still stuck in what I created for myself back then, I would rather die.
1: Oh, of course, that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, is you got you you got to keep going. But there's this type of alienation because Trace is so hyper-intelligent and funny that- He is funny. Yeah, he's the funniest dude in the world. And <laughs> he's been giving me such interesting insights. You love it
1: when he says, he has this line where he was like, if he says something funny and you like laugh hard or have like one of, <laughs> one of his insights where you're like, whoa. And then he's like, and imagine, I haven't even reached my final form. <laughs>
0: yeah, every time. every time he says, "and imagine I haven't even reached my final form." He, that that never that oh never God. gets old to me. He sends me these effing anime memes. <laughs> oh Just God. the lines themselves.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, but did you have a question there somewhere? I'm sorry.
0: Um. Yes. So my question is, it's it's not until I have been around you and your family more, yeah. have I realized like when you walk into your home. It's like, uh, what is it like? It's like a completely safe, calm space where like yeah. you're completely fine here. Yes. You're completely fine. Yeah. And there's a, a spiritual architecture. Yes. So absolutely. Kristen and I have always,
1: it's not just space. Yeah. It's space at a spirit level. Yeah. And so you have to think about space differently. Yeah. It's not just walls and trusses and skylights and stucco and right. furniture it uh, uh uh your house or your, the space that you inhabit there's like a spiritual architecture to it yeah that people walk in and are like
0: whoa i've said I'm it every in time something. every time i come yeah. over yeah yeah can you speak at all cuz i've asked you one time we were talking and i was like but what if you don't have a Kristen bell <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like what a profoundly massive being she is. You yeah. Know? And you, want, you, said to, you said something so beautiful to me about that. And it was basically like you were just living up to how she saw you. <laughs> yeah. Which I think about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was in way over my head from day one. Yeah, <laughs> Has she always been... Like that? Now, Kristen used to intimidate Joey and I. (laughs) And when we were in Michigan, I was telling Trace this. She's always had just a zero B. She's just not sold by any fluff. Right. And I probably as like a 16-year-old, you would invite me and Joey over and we'd walk in and Kristen is just like warm, loving, kind, just like zero, I'm not catering to who you think you are. Or if you have- She just sees right in. And yeah. it's love, it's totally. love and
1: grace, and ex- but also has like a certain heat to it because you're yes. like, oh, none of my games work with no. this person. No games. no pretending. She sees the thing. Yes, I might as well just give up and just accept that totally. I'm fine. But I'm so used to like the dance, totally. the thing, the maneuver, the list of accomplishments, the resume right here, so that this person will kind of because everybody's playing the game and she's just never been playing the game. Right. Right. So it's like a. I've noticed that. Well. For now 25 years people are like wait th- none of the standard posturing and right. pretending work in this person's presence you're like, just yeah you're just who you are she's who she is and then you have this connection and oh yeah
0: and that can be a very intimidating presence if you come prepared for your you're used to the regular your song dance. sort of uh, da, da, da. yes right for sure right right
1: right <laughs> yeah 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 oh man <laughs> so for for me, I had to
0: just be me because that's who she loved. But here's the thing. Something also about your family, the house, everything you've, your family has created here. I get the sense, like who, where did you get that this was an okay or like ideal way to raise a family? Because to me, it's scary. You, you have just fully allowed, you've seemingly have pulled out all the stops and have allowed your kids to be exactly... Who they are and who they constantly grow into being with zero anxiety that you're bleeding into them. How are you doing that? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are
1: anxieties. You just surrender them because they don't work. Yeah. Your kid never there's no worry or anxiety that's gonna your kids can be like, oh, thanks for that one. So just tell them the truth. Like if you have some concern, then just say it. But don't like Oh well, I think about being a dad like architecture. So Ooh. like if you have two pillars, um, architecturally speaking, the two pillars are both actual objects, but what they create is a space between them. Yeah, It's called like a negative space, which is the space that isn't anything and yet it's something created by the objects around it. So Kristen and I have I've had some intuitive sense that like you're like, creating the space around you. Your mm-hmm. home has the space and whatever's within you will be in that space. So the gift you give your kids is you are doing your own work. You, you fully alive is the gift you give them. And then you're not projecting all of your anxieties onto your kid. Yeah. They're, life is hard enough. So you, you, it's like the answer to your kids issues is yours. Your kid's probably just reflecting back what's in the space. Ooh. A lot of times I've heard parents complain about their kid. It sounds like the kid is responding. It's just responding in actually a healthy way to something that's off in the system or in the space. So you're like, no, no, do do your own work and Mm -hmm. then see what the kid, um, how the kid's doing. Wow. Because kids pick all, we pick all this stuff up. You remember when you were a kid, you pick this stuff up. you, You know what's going on um you're incredibly your radar as a kid is highly tuned to how things are and if your thing is if your parents thing isn't working for them the love between them or if your if your parents I don't even say it life isn't working or something if they're not thriving then what they're telling you about how you should be it just doesn't right you just don't it doesn't you don't you don't buy it so um i think Kristen and i just had these but we also like you mentioned the okay or ideal. We just never had any of that. Like, um, we just had these senses of, um, I remember, I remember us watching people like when our kids were like elementary school, the boys, I remember us watching parents whose kids were in junior high and high school. And the parents would say, well, they, my kid just never talks to me anymore. So I remember us thinking like, maybe the goal is just that they keep talking to you. Maybe that's just the goal. Hmm. So I, we would have things like that, or we would notice people, adults, p- parents who had a really beautiful relationships with their adult kids, and we would just ask them questions. How do you do that? How do you? Oh. So we were always asking people questions. And so, so you sort of, over time, there are certain things that just matter to you. We even, um, that a kid, this great architect, Louis Kahn, would ask before designing a building, what does this building want to be? Yeah. So that was hugely influential to us. What does this kid want to be? So then how do we help that kid be everything that kid's here to be? Man. It's just it way more fun that way. I feel like you... There's, there's terror. There's terror. Yes. And then you... But, you have, but then you have each other. So you're just like, oh, they'll be fine.
0: They'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be great. That, that's, that's what I mean. <laughs> the like one you, tells the other. When you said yeah, there is fine. terror... I'm like, oh, okay, so there is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kristen
1: sometimes says, I remember years ago, no, it was probably a couple of years ago, but she's said it enough times that it was like, she'll be like, Who, you shouldn't raise, your, why would you raise kids for a world that no longer exists? So even stuff where you're like, don't they need to? She'd be oh. like, does that world still exist? Like, don't hand them a bunch of stuff you think they need yeah. for the world that you came from forever ago. Yeah. So, uh, but for us, it's been just so, I mean, so much. Well, Chase, you know, you see how much fun, how interesting, <laughs> how, and like the yeah. challenges of his life and the unique yeah. difficulties right now for him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like my back is damn, I'm looking over at him. Yeah. Hopefully he feels, hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> he just, ladies and I me, mean, he just said, this isn't my final <laughs> form, but hopefully he just feels like we're in it with him. Yeah. I'm smiling. I'm looking over at you.
0: Well, um, it's, it's just so weird. Yeah. Like, I have nothing to teach you <laughs> at all. That's yeah. not true, though. See? But yeah, no, I know. I think, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair for you guys to inform me, maybe. But I'm saying, from my perspective, the way you have navigated your life and have allowed your family to persist and grow, it's like you are creating super beings. <laughs> Straight up. There's no other way to say it. You're creating super beings. That, like, Trace, right now at 21 is beyond where I am at 32. But see, like, wait here, but this is your trap. Uh, this is the trap in that. Mm-hmm.
1: The comparing never gets you anywhere. Right. Um, I can do the same thing. I can marvel at, oh my word, if I understood some of the stuff. If I, if I saw the world like he sees the world. Yeah. But he has his own. But that also, the, the thing about you and I then is we put on him a bunch of stuff. He has his own challenges that perhaps you have all sorts of things to speak into. The there sure. might be all sorts of things that at 21, I could have walked beside him and been like, oh, try it this way. And he'd be like, that's a pretty good idea. So right. you see, you see you, there's like a trap in that. But totally. there is also totally. like, uh, oh my word, it's, it's fun watching him be unleashed <sighs> in the world.
0: It's literally like when you watch yes. the Marvel shows. like how Captain America just gets some serum and just boom. He's just ahead of the game. There's no way around it. But you know what? I I, uh, I think a lot of parents,
1: at least I've interacted with, lots of parents feel this way. Oh, I think so too. You see your kids. You see your kids' superpowers. and you're And you're actually, your kid's totally normal mm-hmm. and they're, they have superpowers and, and it's important that they know that like if he, if, if like, if he was getting from me, like you're awesome and I can't wait to see that's actually start doing him a disservice, right? He is who he is. He'll do what he's going to do. Did you ever make people, he may do something that has like a public dimension. He may do something that is, he may sell insurance. He may teach school. He may totally work at the city. Like, and that's, that's like, what's really important. So even you and I like, like enjoying projecting what we talk about his thing. It's also not helpful. Right. And that's, what's really huge is
0: totally. just do whatever you do. Whatever. I just want you to be happy. Yeah. I'm still learning Let's how hang out And I want you to be happy. That's all. Yeah. You just hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm learning how to admire without making it seem like I wish I had this. Cause <laughs> I don't, I mean that trace has way more responsibility on him than I do. We don't know. Right. He's just trace from what I'm projecting. I'm yeah. Like, exactly. Well, he's the youth. You know what I mean? He's the one that's going to get Trump a blow. It doesn't matter. But he had, <laughs> right, his right. age group has way more pressure than 32-year-olds right now. Whatever. Um, maybe. I'm just shooting down That, might, oh, that might be complete right. nonsense, it's okay. for sure. Whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to admire yeah. like what you're doing with your family, Trace, alone. Uh, I'm trying to admire... Yeah, because there's nothing in me that's like, oh, I wish I had this at 21. I don't because I wouldn't be here. Right. So take, take what you, take what resonates with you
1: Mm -hmm. and then whatever's true in the same way that everything is true for Trace is true for me. So when I go Trace, like we talk about, oh my word, you're going to be done with school. You can go, you can go make a life. Oh yeah. Kristen and I can make a life too. We're a little farther down the road, but so much of what's true for him is true for me, is true for wow, you. super interesting. And so much for you of like, I just want Trace to be Trace. Well, I just want Brent to be Brent. And all the Robcast people now just want Brent that's to be Brent. That's what I mean. There's and always... well, you and I want all the people listening. Totally. So any that's the, the real art is when you see something, you go, oh, I wish, or wouldn't that have been nice? Or if I would have gotten that mm. when I was young. Well, you have it now. So there man, it is. Start, if there I would have started younger, I could have, well... What can you start now? Yep. And and polarization, like political polarization, is the failure to see myself and other people. They're just them. Yep. And the invitation to everybody is to more and more and more see yourself and everybody around you. And the harder it is to see yourself, then it becomes advanced player mode. Okay, yep. now I'm really gonna look for myself on this person. Yep. So when you see something about our family. As opposed to, I wish I had that um i I can even see you like building the muskets or not, I wish I had that, but what is that there, yeah, that strikes some sort of chord in me, totally and how do I then create that in my life? It just becomes a much more empowered, yeah inspiring way to live. It's not a scarcity thing no, yeah no, it's if that's available to them, then obviously it's available to me because um that didn't cost money. That didn't take mm. expensive education. That didn't take oh. special machinery. That was just being open, setting yeah. your
0: intention that way, asking questions. Um, so, do you have any advice for people like me who benefit so greatly for being able to be in your presence and have you say something like, "You're you're like a prism where you just turn it a little bit and like you know six other colors show out, just depending on how you." Turn it, just like a <laughs> dial. It's <laughs> never an aggressive thing. It's always just, oh, maybe uh, right, this, right? right. right? It's always subtle, mm-hmm. just the turn of the dial yep. and it opens up a whole other yeah. world of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have advice on, because I, I love the one you and Pete did on the last Guru, the yeah. podcast. yeah. And also, I think one of your most underrated was also, Is This Your First Car Accident with Violet? Underrated? I Oh, Is This Your First Car Accident? Oh. Is This Your First Car Accident was one of the most special ones you've done, in my opinion. Violet and I got in that car accident, and then I just yeah. was like, Is This
1: Your First Car Accident? Oh, yeah. She and I drove by that spot the other day. I was like, remember I this spot? love, love like, that podcast. Yeah, we got in a car accident here.
0: I love that one. I did, too. <laughs> um. So I did, too. Do you have advice, like, reparenting is something I've heard quite a few. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a hot term being thrown around maybe right now. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of it. I love the concept of, well, hey, you said in your Son of a Judge, which is by far your most profound work you've oh, ever done. Yeah. Son of a Judge was by far the most... I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um, but you said in that one, specifically to parenting, you need to if you can forgive your parents for not being able to be the people you needed them to be and they need to forgive you for not being who they needed you to be oh that no, that i has... would say it different
1: i would say it differently okay you set everybody free from what they couldn't be for you yeah and you set yourself free that's it from what you couldn't be for them there's the dial which is just as much health as unhealth that system needed me to be this and I couldn't do that. I couldn't be that. My path didn't allow me to do that. Or I, I grew too much and I couldn't go back. And th- they needed me to be somebody that I no longer was. And because oftentimes it's just finger pointing. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, they couldn't. But uh, for all kinds of reasons, some of them really good, you couldn't be a certain thing. You had to leave, go explore, yeah. et cetera. So you just set everybody free, including yourself. Oh,
0: that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk about anger? Do yes. we have time? Uh, of course, let's talk about anger. Okay, so the one thing you said to me one time over dinner at Sage. Oh, oh, we love Sage, don't we? God, Sage. Sage and Echo Park. I told you, Sage was the first time. I was here for like two weeks, and I was like in a panic. We had to, that I I went pizza. Sage. I remember I went, you telling me that story. I got a buffalo cauliflower pizza at Sage, and that was the first moment in LA where I was like, It was like the whole city said to you, Brent,
1: welcome. Yeah.
0: Just there at stage eating that pizza. We're so glad you're here, Brent. It was the first moment. This pizza is our way of saying, (laughs) would you like to stay here? Yeah. Would you like to have
1: a whole new life? What a beautiful And your heart's going to heal, and this pizza is the first step. God, it really was,
0: that pizza. Okay, so we had dinner there, and we were talking about anger. We were talking about anger, and I think we were talking about, I mean, we could go into, like, sacred masculine, sacred feminine. Ah, sure. Mm Because- that, yeah, we need, did talk that about needs that. to be its own thing. Yeah, maybe it's it's own, maybe. Thing. Okay. it's its own thing. And we were talking about anger and we were talking about, we could circle back to what I think about this new age spirituality, where it all is just like love. Everyone is one. So nothing really matters. It all matters, but nothing matters because we're all one. And you were like, yeah, that's great. What do I do with my anger?
1: Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a, there's a thing that gets people in a huge trap. Hmm. Life is painful. You have all this stuff happening in your body all these emotions, all these heartaches, people wound you, leave you, you get divorced, you addiction, anger, betrayal. Yeah. And you feel like life beats you up. Like it's just a fundamentally traumatic experience. And where do I put this? And then somebody comes along and says, none of that's real. This is all an illusion. We've all just created this. It's incredibly enticing where it's all one in the end. Right. Uh, it's all one consciousness, and so what it does is it gives you a momentary respite from the grit and sweat and blood of life, mm. the parts of life. It's all, and, uh, but the problem is taken too far, because oftentimes there's some truth in it, but the truth doubles back in on itself and becomes a trap. The problem with that is, it ends up. What do I then do with the the very realness of life? If none of this is real, um, so the way in then, or, or perhaps a a more he- healing way in, hmm. is simply, yeah, this is real and it's painful, and we are. There is a oneness to everything, but that oneness and all the partsness of life, the divisions, um, they move back and forth. And sometimes you need to be reminded there's this one, and sometimes it's the details of life where you find the divine. Ooh. So the heartache that you've been through was real. It happened. Mm-hmm. You have the story and the ache. You walk with a bit of a limp. And the, the invitation for you, which I've watched you, is to find the spirit in it doing something new. Yeah. Um, so I've watched you become even more curious. You're paying even more attention. Um, you're going to unknown places you haven't been before and ever so gradually some healing. Yeah. New loves, new friends, new spaces. Do you see that? Like, yeah. That's got like a, like a tenderness to it. Um, <sighs> and so, so when I do meet people who are almost like trying to leap to, ah, this is all an illusion, I don't know. This, the pain I carry or the anger I had this week doesn't feel like an illusion. It felt very real. Yeah. So instead of floating above it or trying to evacuate out of it, perhaps the true healing path is to, to walk even farther into it. And that's terrifying and has an unknown dimension to it. If I walk far enough into it,
0: maybe there's something in there. That's basically said in a much better way of what I was saying has been your greatest gift to me. Mm. And I think a lot of other people, and it's not, and I, and I told you I had to, all right, I didn't have to, I find I've found my way of thinking shift very quietly from Rob has the answers, I need to get the answers, um, I only have a limited amount of time, so I got to be quick and I got to get them quick. And then you're laid back smiling at me. It's like you, you show up to a fight and you're just like napping. So you're just <laughs> like, what? I can't <laughs> dig into this. So it, also one of the best gifts you do is, or you give people in my opinion, is when you just straight up say you're asking the wrong questions. Mm. That is the dial turn. I've I have had years of anxiety melt away in in an instant Ah, just by having you say, That's not right. That's not the question.
1: Right. I've also had experiences, a number of them, when the person's asking a question and I said, Well, what would you what if you had the answer? Yeah. And the person's like, Yeah. Oh, you're huh. Literally, like, what if what if I was just like thirty four? Yeah, you know what I mean. Or
0: (laughs) x plus y divided by three. Or
1: yellow. You know what I mean.
0: This is this reminds (laughs) me of the detective you you helped me see. I called you once, like oh the detective in the steep when I was like dense in heartache. I didn't call you to say like Rob, help me because I'm heartbroken. But I was like, hey, if I know I'm going to be heartbroken. If I know I'm going to be down here, can I like build a shed down here or do something productive? (laughs) Right. I know I'm going to be hurting for a while. So can I do something about it? Mm -hmm. And you helped me see there is a detective in me that is telling me something's not lining up. We need to get to the bottom of this. Yes. I have a bunch of clues. If you just listen to me for a bit, I'll solve this and we won't have to feel this way anymore. Right. So of course we're like, yes, detective, please solve this right, for me right you helped me see and I was kind of angry at the fact where I'm like if I see the game why can't I just solve it why do I have to suffer yeah if intellectually I can get past it why why am I still stuck and you helped me see there is a detective but you were like just like you said what if the detective lined it all up and you're like this is exactly how it happened right how, how do you feel
1: why did this person break my heart? Oh. Well, um, they suffered horrific abuse throughout their childhood. Yeah. That's why they broke your heart. Yeah. Um, like, I, certain times the answers, or another answer, they had their heart broken. Yeah. And they're stuck in a pattern and they're scared. And so that's why they blew up that relationship. Right. You're, you're in exactly the same space that you were. The answer was incredibly seductive, but it left you in exactly the same place with a little part of your mind, maybe mm. slightly satisfied with that tidbit. Yeah. But it's almost like the entire experience is inviting you to sink from your mind down into your heart and then feel it right. and bear it and then you have the chance of coming out the other side.
0: Is that some trans logic?
1: <laughs> right there? <laughs> well, I I do think at least for me.
0: Like, I why skimmed, do you go down I, there?
1: I skimmed across the surface of things for years. Oh. For lots of reasons. But just keep moving, just keep smiling, just keep putting on a show, just keep giving people amazing facts. Um because if you slow down and feel it, yeah. Um, who knows what that'll be? So I, so that's been over the past few years, especially.
0: Did you? Then I didn't. I didn't know what to
1: do with my anger. I didn't know what to do with my, with the pain. Yeah. I just well, just just there. I just keep moving. Just keep moving. And do you have a Rob Bell? Do I have a Rob Bell? Yeah. Do I have people that? I you walk with. Rob do I have people? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have lots of lots of people, but I don't you, rank. You
0: have but I don't rank. Yeah, I don't think it's.
1: I don't. I, I have might like, be Do I have somebody who's like a guru who's higher up the mountain? Yes. I don't think about it that way. Yeah, I've I've learned as much from you just now, when you got here today, when we were talking, and then this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll learn as much from this as anybody. Yeah. So so the ranking thing doesn't work for me anymore. Well, it's funny because it implies that there's some person who's, it puts people farther ahead or farther behind or farther. None of those work for me anymore. Totally. They all split me and separate me from this experience we're all having here together. So this person knows a bit more about that. Very helpful. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a little bit to give this person. Fine. I'd be happy to give that, it brings me great joy. That's this fascinating. Person, yeah, so I don't see it like that. Yeah. And even now getting to be in this person's presence, I get to be in <sighs> the guy at my favorite taco place. Yeah. I love him so much when I go there to my favorite taco place. We were just there, Preston and Kristen and I Friday night for dinner and he stopped at the table. He works there and he always says, okay, today, the wisdom is, and he drops something on us, some <laughs> wisdom, he has these little <laughs> phrases. Um, so uh, that used, I used to have it that way. I cried in the presence of Anne Lamont. I, mm. That just all went away, that, that went away. So I don't have that anymore.
0: Did you... Everybody is interesting. Did you stop, because you have used language like that before, where you're like, as long as I'm just one step ahead of the pain. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What made it so you find... Did you slow down? Yeah, uh, yeah. didn't seem yeah. like you yeah. slowed from yeah. the outside. Yeah, I slowed down. It was a shift? Big time. Can you talk about what happened? Or what that looked like?
1: Mm, long, slow, gradual... Oh, you can go into that place. It's terrifying. You can go there. You can go there and you can follow it. Ah. And it starts... Somewhere in you, for me, it started with it like oh i could I could like go to therapy, and then so that would have been fifteen years ago. Oh, I could go, and then gradually you're starting to find out that these places within you you can you can dig it up and talk about it and and then gradually it works its way outside, so then, oh, I do not want to tell that person the truth. I have been trying to keep people happy and I don't want to disappoint anybody Uh for so long that if I tell them the truth, they might, I might be letting them down. They might. So then um, ever so gradually, I started to be more honest with people. I call it the last 10%. Ooh. Yeah. And that's, and, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's how it's been like long and so gradual. That's why, that's why the modern age really really created such um which is why everybody has to extend themselves so much grace is we had the birth of machines levers pulleys look these light switches mm-hmm. so you just turn it and now it's on but soul spirit kind of growth in your awareness and consciousness it's much better to think about it like agriculturally like you plant a seed and it grows it takes a while yeah um, and so, for so many people, like, I just give me the four steps because this whole beautiful modern world with hospitals and airports and iPhones and podcast recording equipment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was built around push this button and make this happen. But the actual shaping of a person into a particular kind of person who can bear the immensities of life yeah. and still smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. That uh, that takes a while. So, so your question is wonderful, but when I look back, there are these moments along the way. Mm-hmm. It's also just these, just to get another little insight. Yeah. You get another, somebody comes along and they help you see another little bit. And then you see somebody who's just doing something and doesn't seem to care whatever the rules were in that little space. And you're like, Oh, I guess there's
0: less rules. There's even less rules than I thought. It's like you're just picking up these little pieces bit by bit by bit. I love that. Does that make sense? I think that's so important for people to hear. That, oh, some of these things, they take a long time.
1: Absolutely. And
0: there are things right now that are
1: blowing my mind. Like, whoa. Yeah. There are places I'm like, I could be even more, I could be freer. I could, oh, I didn't even begin to understand that. Now I feel like I'm just ever so slightly. Oh, yes, I feel... Younger and more curious and more blown away with stuff. Yeah, Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just finished a book yesterday. I won't even. That's a whole nother thing. That just had me like, what? Like, I don't even. I tried telling Kristen Mm. how, and she was like,
0: Hmm, huh.
1: I was like, Ah, never mind. (laughs) Because it was like literally yesterday. She was like, Doesn't really connect with me. I mean, because I was just like so excited, but I hadn't even, I don't even know why this thing moved me so much. Ooh. Um, so it's all jumbled in me, even why it struck a chord. It was very, yeah. very like down in the heart. Yeah. So that happened yesterday. I finished this book, and now I, I will be trying, it will start to like work its way in. So it never ends. That's why it, that's why it gets better and better. And most people in my experience don't know that. They don't know that you can actually, it can get better and better and better. And you can get looser and freer and more yes. limber and flexible. I'm moving my shoulders around for
0: some reason like you do when you're sort of feeling dance <laughs> coming on. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I have seen... Yeah, I think I, last time I was over here, I said, you look more youthful than you ever have. <laughs> well, I definitely feel it. Yeah. That's very kind of you.
1: But that's that's the thing, like what you've been describing in this episode mm-hmm. is moving from a heaviness to a lightness. Yes. Moving from a... There's a whole bunch of rules to. Actually, I can just create the thing. Yeah. From I'm living in a van. What happened? To I'm living in a van. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Totally. So anything you see me do, that I see it. I'm just holding a mirror up back up to you. I, that's what I see in you. Man. That's how it works. Oh. <sighs> yeah. I'm so glad you took over the
0: Robcast. How are we doing on time?
1: Uh, let's. You want to wrap it up? It's four. This feels like, this is so exciting. It feels like a good space. It feels so exciting. Oh, Ladies wow. and gentlemen, this is Brent, French artist, musician, but as you can see, human being, brother,
0: fellow, traveling companion. Yeah. Wow. Rob, I mean, I want to say again, I know it's not true, but I came here saying I have no right being here and i and i want i want to reiterate that for people listening because i think a lot of people can relate to that feeling mm. so it's not it's not like a hey if i'm here anyone can be here none of that matters at all it is this paradox mm-hmm. that i can finally speak to with some authority that like oh i was just holding everything so tightly like white knuckling mm. if i were if i mm. just if I created something where enough people noticed, I would finally have enough self-worth to do something like this. And this is only important because of what you mean to me in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you asking me here is just is a tremendous honor to be here. I still can't believe it. I'm, just, I'm so thankful to even share this space with you and your family. I love oh it so gosh. much.
1: And I feel the same way.
0: That's crazy. Truly. (laughs) That's so weird. Truly, authentically. Yeah. Yeah, now you know how I feel. Can I do a benediction? Oh my God, I (laughs) love that. (laughs) This is my favorite Rob moments, even from Mars Hill days. May you, brothers and sisters, may you all find yourself living in vans in Los Angeles one day for whatever reason, metaphorical vans. Whatever van you currently find yourself in, be there. Be there fully. Yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so happy to be here. Aha. Amazing.